final episode of 2022 for the life of an average joe podcast wrapping up the year wrapping up season 11 i am sick or battling some sickness i blame texas i blame uh my spawn because he is constantly sick but i am i i've been sick more times in texas than i've been sick my entire life in michigan i don't know if that's true or not but it is what it is it feels that way I'm stuffy. Ugh, I'm losing my voice. You guys are just going to have to deal with it. I mean, you have no choice. Just listen and deal with it. Because we're coming to an end. We're coming to an end of another year. And it's crazy. It's it's really crazy to me. Because I feel like I just moved. And I look back and that was the end of July. I feel like I was planning for Halloween. And I woke up and it was Christmas. I feel like I was planning for Christmas and now the New Year's upon us. It, I, I won't say it again, guys. I don't need to say anything. It's just insane. And I had a lot of thoughts for my final episode. Matter of fact, I recorded two. One of which I'm just going to drop at a later date. And it'll make sense. It'll be fine. It won't. It, it's not pertaining to the end of the new year. The other one. I thought would be good. It was kind of like, we did it on Trash Talk, actually. We did a little recap of the year. And I thought about going back and talking about the year and and things like that. And the year for me, the year for the show. But I just really didn't want to do that. I feel like that's so cliche. And it happens a lot. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, we're going to recap. We're going to count down. We're going to... And I get it. I mean, it makes sense. I mean... You're kind of wrapping up the year in your life. You're wrapping up the year at work. You're you're wrapping up seasons and shows and movies. So then I thought to myself, you know what? Let's do a recap of pop culture. TV shows, documentaries, movies, comic books, cartoons, whatever. What I think were the highlights, what stood out for me, and the ones that really just flopped. And I originally started to record this a few weeks back with special guest Nick Luck. And I apologize, Nick, because you're not on the show right now. We had so many issues recording this. I I can't tell you. My power was out. Then the internet kept going out. Then the power came back. Then Nick had issues. And I was just like, you know what? F it. I'm done. And we ended up doing a live wisdom sesh uh, over on Wisdom. If you guys haven't downloaded the Wisdom app, check it out. Uh, We haven't been on there in a while, probably since that. But it's a great app. It's basically essentially live podcasting. And it's really fun. You can kind of do some things that you can't really do on your normal podcast. You can do it on Wisdom. And we did kind of a, a makeshift show talking about what we thought were the highlights of 2022 in pop culture. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. And I'm going to end the year going back because the last week's episode was pretty intense. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend you do. Because I really felt like it was one of my best and probably most important. I wanted to have a little fun this time. 
want to kind of take a little step back and have a little fun. So when you think about like pop culture and cinema and streaming, you know what? Let me let me put a disclaimer out there first. And again, guys, I can't apologize enough to my voice and my nasally voice and the lack of voice. I, fi- I feel like I'm yelling because I'm losing my voice and the microphone's right in front of me. So, And I don't like this microphone that I'm using, by the way. But I want to be comfortable and I did not want to sit where I normally sit. So, you know what? Hey, whatever. Um, but the disclaimer is this. When I say talking about streaming and shows and all that I am removing the big franchises I'm removing Marvel because we talk uh, throughout the year I have talked about this so much TikTok Instagram Facebook I mean obviously I'm a big superhero fan I'm a big comic book fan Marvel whatever so I don't need to go back and make this about Marvel I want to look non-Marvel I'm not going to talk about DC. I mean, in all fairness, what is there to talk about? I mean, as far, I mean, over the last couple weeks, sure. Absolutely. A ton to talk about. But when you're looking back over the year of 2022 and going, let's look at some of the DC properties that, you know, became movies and there isn't anything that's worth mentioning. So we're not going to talk about that. And I don't want to talk about Star Wars. So I'm taking those three off the table. Just right off the bat. You can go back and listen to some of my other stuff if you want to hear about that. <clears throat> I'm going to continue to talk about that again as more things come out. But I wanted to talk about the shape and, and really the... I don't know shape. I guess that's one way of putting it. The Where entertainment is right now. Because since COVID, and, and let make no mistake, Hollywood, the cinemas, and movies as we know them were on their way to change prior to COVID. They were. COVID just sped everything up. When it shut the studios down, shut the theaters down, shut production down, it, it sped everything up. And the movie theaters took massive, massive hits. Now to all the people that were working at the movie theaters, that were hustling and trying to, that lost their jobs and took a hit because of their income because of COVID, that sucks. But as far as the greediness of Hollywood and the movie theaters, I don't feel bad. Matter of fact, it needed to happen. The same thing that needs to happen with DC, what James Gunn is doing, needed to happen in the movie theaters. It also needed to happen in the restaurant industry. We needed a complete nuclear bomb dropped on Hollywood and the restaurant industry and the movie theaters so that you could rise up like the phoenix through the ashes and start over because things had to change. And I think in doing so, we as the consumer also realized what we wanted. We wanted more options at home. We wanted more Movies that were good quality, not made for TV, not I had to spend $1,000 on cable. We wanted more shows. We wanted some creativeness. We wanted something unique. And during that time, I mean, if we can look at that 2020, the, the summer of 2020, if you will, we were getting all kinds of stuff. I mean, Disney was releasing movies that had that weren't making it to the theater because they were shut down. They were just throwing it on Disney+. Plus. HBO said, okay, every movie that was supposed to come out in the theater is now coming to HBO Max. And we're going to do that for the next year. It's going to come out, boom. And then it's going to come out same day. Same day movies. Same day, HBO Max. Netflix was cranking out stuff. We were seeing things change. We were getting some great shows. And honestly, up until recently, it had stayed that way for a long time. And what I mean by that is the movie theaters, when they started to open again, there wasn't much. And if you still look at the movie theaters right now, if you go and go, hey, what's playing? What do you got? Black Panther 2. And that's almost done. That's almost out. That'll be on Disney Plus next month. 
Avatar 2, Violent Night, uh, Puss in Boots, Babylon. You have like six or seven new movies, maybe, maybe six tops. And Black Panther 2 doesn't really count because that's almost that came out in what September no November it's almost been 45 days so that one is on its way out so you might have five movies showing plus some maybe you know maybe they brought Maverick Top Gun Maverick back in the movie theater maybe they brought some other stuff back in you know that that was happening but as far as new movies go it's not the same as it was six years ago when there was all kinds of movies coming out they are spaced out i remember seeing no way home which was my first movie back in the movie theaters there was like three movies <laughs> no way home dominated half the screens as it should so things changed now they're slowly getting back then theaters are starting to to cater more to the customer, the consumer. But we've all kind of said, well, it's going to take a lot more than that to get us to the movie theater. Babylon is a disaster. I've not seen that film, but it's an ensemble film that is losing money that was supposed to be good. There are a ton of big movies that were non-Marvel, non, -Marvel, non oh, forget DC, non-Marvel If they're not a big franchise that were supposed to be good and they're not doing well. Why? Because people are content with watching them at home. Now, I am torn. I'm a guy when I go and see, when I went and saw Black Panther, when I went and saw, <clears throat> I took my son to go see Strange World and then we went and saw Super Pets. I like being at the theater. The experience of being in the theater has been something I've liked since I was a little kid. It's amazing to me. It's a, it's I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie buff. I love movie. I, so the theater is like the pinnacle. But I don't need to go see every movie. And I certainly don't need to spend the money like I did back in the day. So for me, seeing those movies drop on a streaming channel, I'm down. Yeah, seeing Black Panther on the big screen, seeing Doctor Strange on the big screen, or... Top Gun on the big screen, definitely better. I don't care what type of TV you have, what type of sound system you have. It is something about seeing it on the big screen that takes away, or I should say gives you another layer, an experience as opposed to seeing it at home. I admit that. But I'm okay with seeing most movies at home. I really am. Despite how much I like the movies. And I think the vast majority of the population feels that way. Otherwise, Hollywood would be trying a lot harder to get people in the movie theaters and they're not. So as I finally get to my point in this roundabout way, things have changed and we have had some amazing moments. And I want to look at some of the some of the highlights for me. I know already, guys, I'm going to forget some. And I, I and I know already that some of you are going to disagree or whatever. And that's why you guys can go ahead and drop your comments. You can go ahead and reach me at the life of an average Joe podcast.com, the life of an average Joe at gmail.com. Tell me what you think is a highlight, movie wise, show wise, whatever. First and foremost, Netflix had some bangers. I mean, we got to see, which was one of my favorite shows, Ozarks. Come to an end. That show. I felt watching that show the way I used to watch The Sopranos. I couldn't wait for it. Now, I'm not saying it was as good as The Sopranos, but it was up there. Everything about that show had you on the edge of your seat. The anxiety from that show, the acting in that show. When I first watched it, I had no idea what I was getting into. That came to an end. Now, I don't necessarily think the ending was great. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't awful either. But it wasn't my favorite. 
it left it kind of open-ended. It reminded me a little bit of what the alleged Sopranos ending was. Like, this is just what goes on and on in these guys' lives. But I absolutely loved that show. That was a massive highlight for 2022. We also got to see the return of the Umbrella Academy for season three. Another great show based off a comic book that really took a massive hiatus because not only were they writing the comic books, but because of COVID, we got to see it return. And I wasn't sure. It had been it had been a while since I'd really seen the Umbrella Academy. I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to feel watching again. And, and within the first episode, I was like, yep, here we go. Now, I will say that this season in the middle kind of got eh. But at the end of it, it made up for it. And then, of course, they announced that we have season four coming, which will be the final season. But, I mean, these were two massive shows that hit. Of course, Netflix had some great movies on there. Troll. Troll was phenomenal. Not Troll Hunter, which was another Norwegian film, but Troll recently came out. It's a Norwegian film. Thank Godzilla, King Kong, Jurassic Park style. But what impressed me about it, it wasn't the story. It wasn't the lore. What impressed me about it was the special effects. I mean, here you have a movie that I'm sure was a big budget for overseas in a sense, but we're not talking like avatar budget or in-game budget. And the special effects were 10 out of 10. Unbelievable. And I just put it on thinking like, I'm going to enjoy this because I love monsters and I love those types of you know films and, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to put it on. It's going to be a nothing film and I'm going to enjoy it. But nope. I put it on and I was blown away by the special effects. Again, take the story aside, which was whatever, and just look at the special effects. That was top notch. Unbelievable. We saw Evan Peters play Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't really like the show. I mean, 10 episodes was a bit too much for me. We've, we have so much material on Jeffrey Dahmer that I felt like You don't need to see that again, but to see him play Jeffrey Dahmer and to show his acting abilities, that was amazing. Made, M-A-I-D, was a show I really knew nothing about. I didn't know the story. I didn't know it was based off a book. But I got hooked on the series and I fell in love with it. I mean, it's about a woman and her daughter who really just has bad luck. She's in an abusive relationship and she finally decides to make a break for it. She literally packs her car, takes her daughter and leaves and has no idea what she's going to do. She eventually checks into a shelter. She gets a job working one shift a week at this maid service where she's basically making no money. Meanwhile, she's writing all this stuff down because in college she was a writer. But the stuff that she goes through between her ex and then her family and finding a job and the court and where she stays, I got to tell you, man, it is a heart, just gut-wrenching story. And I think what made it personal for me was I knew I knew people like that. I knew there's two girls in in my mind right now when I watch that that I think about. One's not here anymore. The other is, and she's doing great. But it made me think of those times where as an outsider looking in, I couldn't do anything to fix that, and I tried. I couldn't do anything to help them out, and I tried. So it it reminds me of that, but it was just such a well-done show. And it, t- it takes you on a roller coaster. It takes you, I mean, you're, you're almost done with the series and you're like, why am I watching this depressing thing? This has to end good, but you're not sure. I mean, at least I wasn't sure. But it's a good show. Check out Made on Netflix. Wednesday, which just recently came out in November, Jenna Ortega. Guys, if you follow me on social media, you have heard me talk about Wednesday, the Tim Burton 
series based off Wednesday Adams and the Adams family. This is not a reboot. This is not a retelling. Well, in a sense, it's a retelling. It's just focuses on Wednesday. Yes, the other characters are there, but it focuses on Wednesday. And I have to tell you, it was perfectly cast besides Jenna Ortega, who's amazing. It was perfectly cast in every sense. Every sense. And this felt like Tim Burton was back. And I love Tim Burton. I don't love everything he does. But I love Tim Burton. I think sometimes he gets lost and he gets too wrapped up in his own, I don't know, his own mind. Look, let's be real. Alice in Wonderland was not good. It just wasn't. It had moments, but it wasn't good. And Alice in Wonderland should have been Tim Burton's, like, perfection. And it just wasn't. Dumbo was okay. It's okay. I think Wednesday, Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward Scissorhands, Big Fish. Those are his perfection movies in my eyes. The rest are either good or eh. But I love him. And seeing him come back to the series and the casting and what the story was and Jenna Ortega's performance, 10 out of 10. I binged it in one day. I'll never forget it. I cannot wait. You guys, this this really, I mean, at the time when it was like the number one show on Netflix and I believe, yeah, it, it was like the most watched show on Netflix. It had like 2 billion hours. 2 billion hours. I don't even know how to write that. <laughs> It's a phenomenal show. If you have not watched Wednesday and you're a fan of Tim Burton, you're a fan of Jenna Ortega, or you just want to see a good show, watch it. If you like anything connected to the Adams Family, I promise you, you will enjoy this. If you don't, then I don't know who you are. I don't know what to tell you. Netflix had a ton of documentaries out too. Great documentaries. They do that very well. We also had The Witcher Season 2. Unfortunately, that's probably the last Witcher that's been worth anything. But to me, when you think about 2022 and Netflix, you think about the return of Stranger Things. The absolute top-notch Eddie for Life phenomenal series. Oh my God. Now, Stranger Things... I fell in love with it when it first came out. I remember binge watching season two on Halloween night when my son was born. He was like a month old and I stayed in. I stayed in instead of going out. And I remember had my pumpkin beers next to me and some snacks. And my son was sleeping on my lap. I mean, two years old, bottles sleeping, bottles sleeping. And I was just binge watching Stranger Things, enjoying my life. And it took a huge hiatus from season three to season four. Huge. That's what we're on, right? Season three? Season three was like the mall. Season four was... Yeah, okay. So it'll be season five. That'll be the final season coming up. But it took forever. Of course, we can blame COVID, the writing, Netflix, money, all that. And I wasn't sure. I was like, man, it's exciting, but I don't even care anymore because it's been so long. But when I found out, I watched the first trailer. Then I said, oh, my God, I got to stop watching these trailers. I do that. I watch the teaser or the first trailer, and then I don't watch anything. I completely shut it off. I don't dive in for any information. I want to be surprised in every aspect. You know, there's very few times in our life that we're surprised that are for a good thing. So I like to stock those up. But I remember seeing the teaser and then right before it came out, it was like a month. I was like, all right, I got to binge watch the other, the other three seasons so I can get caught up. And I did. And I got sucked right in. And by the very first two episodes, maybe first episodes of the new season, I was like, here we go. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I watched the last two episodes three times. That was movie level acting, that drama, the excitement, the heartbreak, the killer soundtrack, the characters, the story developing, the connecting of little, little tiny nuances of things that happened in season one that connected all the way to season four or yeah, four. And it just made sense. I was like, oh my God, how did, like things you didn't even think about that mattered all of a sudden mattered. And I'll never forget it. Stranger Things owned 2022 and owned Netflix. Stranger Things and Wednesday. Everything else was great. There's other stuff on there that's solid. One of them in particular was RRR. If you have not seen RRR, it's phenomenal. Triple R. It is a long movie, but the dancing, the choreography, the action. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And that, and that is very much like a Bollywood style film. It's, I mean, that's what it is. But I loved it. And it's up there. It's up there with one of my favorites of 2022. Same thing with Matilda, the musical. I never thought that I would care about Matilda because I never watched the original. I watched the musical and that's 10 out of 10 from the acting, the choreography, the music, the story, the visuals, 10 out of 10. But that being said, Netflix was dominated by Stranger Things. Followed up by Wednesday. That's my two. Just blew me out of the water. And I can't wait for the finale of Stranger Things. Now, I don't know what Netflix is going to do. Look, they're having problems, okay? And we'll get to that in a minute. But some of the, the faults of, or the letdowns of 2022. We had a lot of, we had a lot of networks. <laughs> a lot of networks. I think Paramount Plus being one of the weaker of the, of the networks actually has some really good shows. And these were highlights for me. Surprises, if you will. Number one, 1883 or 1884, whatever it is. The prequel to Yellowstone. I have to tell you, I watched that with a lot of skepticism. I thought that maybe they were going to start to reach, kind of like how The Walking Dead did with all these spinoffs. When it ended, I said, holy crap, that was a great show. And although it took place a long time prior to the Dutton family that we know today, you saw the connection, you saw the world building, and you got connected to these characters, their stories, these people that you met, and the ending did not see that coming, and it was phenomenal. I was invested. And it's only one season. They're not doing another one with that season. They moved on to the next decade or year, century, whatever. And it was amazing. That's on Paramount Plus. Another one, and I'm noticing a trend here. All the good shows on Paramount Plus that aren't documentaries or movies or what have you. All done by Taylor Sheridan. Guy who writes Yellowstone. The other show that I really liked, and the second season debuts in January 2023, Mayor of Kingstown. <laughs> you want to talk about a dark horse of a show, a show that I thought maybe might be good, but eh, not sure. This show takes place in a fictional town in Michigan, and there's X amount of prisons in this town, like more prisons in this town than people than really should be. And most everybody in some sense of another is connected to this prison prison. I can't talk today. Whether you work there in some fashion, you, you are connected to it through some business. <laughs> you, you're an inmate, you know, an inmate, you were an inmate. And it's, 
it's a really interesting because it reminds me of the Sopranos meets Sons of Anarchy meets Oz. And it stars Jeremy Reiner, or Renner, sorry, a.k.a. Hawkeye. There's others, but he's the main star. And it is good. It is so good. I watched that first episode and I was like, okay, by the third episode, I'm in. And I can't wait for the season two. And what I like about it is, and I know we all like to binge, and Netflix has had that binge They've capitalized on the binge. It's also hurt them. Is that this comes out every week. And it got picked up for a season two. Thank God. And the latest one that I've been watching. From, of course. None other than, you know, Mr. Taylor Sheridan himself. Tyler Sheridan himself. I don't know why I can't talk today, guys. I'm not on my A game. I'm barely on my C game. Um, is Tulsa King. Starring Sylvester Stallone. I wasn't sure about it, but it caught my interest. Sylvester Stallone gets out of jail. He's a mob guy. He gets sent to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Boom. Sound, you know, I thought maybe it might be a comedy. Although it does have some funny stuff. It more resembles Sons of Anarchy and The Sopranos than anything. And I just watched episode six. Or no, episode five the other day, I think. And I got to tell you, I, again, this got picked up for a second season. And thank God, this is an awesome show and a ton of actors in it, a ton of people that you'll recognize in it. This is a a great show. And it's interesting to see Sylvester Stallone on the small screen because we haven't really seen that. We've seen him in movies, but this dude's 70-something years old, looks great. It's believable. He looks believable. And he's also calling himself for getting old. Calling himself out. And he's also acts old. But it works. Everything about the show works. Otherwise, to me, Paramount Plus doesn't have anything. I don't really like their... I mean, it's all old. It's a library. It almost reminds me of what Netflix, when they first started. And I know they're relatively new. Dude, they don't even have Yellowstone on Paramount Plus. It's on Paramount Network. But once it gets off Paramount Network, which is pointless, it goes to Peacock because what happened before Paramount Plus happened, Peacock bought the rights to stream Yellowstone. So Paramount, again, screwing up like they always do. They're almost as bad as the WB. They come up with a great show. They put it on Paramount Network, then decide to have a streaming service, but can't stream their own show. They can, stream, they, they can stream the prequels and anything else connected to it, but they can't stream Yellowstone. And good luck trying to watch Paramount Network. It's a, it's, it's a joke. I think that's Yellowstone's biggest problem, actually, which I love, although I have not, and I can't throw it in one of my, my high points of 2022 because I have not watched the new season yet. I haven't. So... I'll have to hold off on that. But I'm ex- excited about it. I just haven't watched it yet. And I haven't really heard anybody talk much about it either. So that's kind of interesting. Probably because nobody can figure out where to watch it. It's one of the most it's one of the most watched shows on television. It had more viewers than the Super Bowl. There than the NFL. Not the Super Bowl. Than the NFL as a whole. But yeah, nobody can figure out where to watch it. So I don't know what to tell you. But Paramount Plus, those shows, I got to tell you, they weren't on there. That that <laughs> that streaming service is a joke. Let's talk about movies for a minute. One of the best movies to come out of 2022 that was non-big giant franchise, although it is a franchise, never went to the movie theater. It's probably a crime that it didn't go to the movie theater. Streamed on Hulu, which is owned by Disney. Predator. The Predator. No, it was called Prey. Predator, what am I saying? Prey. It was the first Predator that came to this earth, or that we know of, to hunt Native Americans. 
absolutely 9 out of 10. Should have been in the movie theater. It brought the franchise back. I have not enjoyed a Predator movie that much since the first one. And I even liked the second one. Unbelievable. The disastrous last one we had was crap. And they wasted Aliens vs. Predator. They had some cool moments, but they wasted it. But Prey was unbelievable. It literally took the highlights of the first movie. And it also gave us a connection to the second movie. I mean, to me, if they bring, if they do another Predator movie, they need to go back that far. I know some people were talking about going back to ancient Japan or, you know, going back to some other, you know, ancient Egypt even. They need to do something like that because this was epic in every sense of the word the kills the action the acting the music and it never made it to the movie theater it was a huge huge movie that should have been in the movie theater i think it was amazing and probably the best thing on hulu this past year i know there's some shows on there don't get me wrong but by far one of the best things on hulu we also had other good movies though that came out in the horror genre. Let's look at that for a second here. We've got a trilogy coming. Two of them are out right now. One of them is coming very soon. I was hoping it would make it before the, the end of the year, but it's not. And if you haven't seen it, and I'm not talking about Smile, which was a complete overrated let down in my opinion but we won't go there it's not on my letdown list okay it's not on my letdown list i'll say that it's not but this company this this studio has been doing some amazing things and first and foremost this is a slasher film it's starring mia goth and it's x and Pearl. And it's all by A24. A24 has been putting out some amazing things. What I like about A24 is that they're not afraid to push the envelope. So you have X, which is a movie about <laughs> a group of people going to a Texas farm to basically film porn and then I'm not going to go into it then you have Pearl which is a prequel and that's the second installment and it's an origin story essentially for the main villain and it takes place in 1918 on a Texas farm the acting the the music the disturbing images that came from this film I think that Pearl's probably a better movie overall. X is a little more artsy, so to speak. But it reminds me of the good slasher movies in the 70s and the 80s and even the early 90s. But it takes me back to when Texas Chainsaw Massacre was new. When Halloween was new before they destroyed it over and over again. When Friday the 13th, the first one, was new and we found out that Jason was not the killer but it was his mother it, it, I could keep going back it reminds me of what Rob Zombie fell in love with when he watched these movies and he came out with House of a Thousand Corpses and um, Devil's Rejects two of his best films unbelievable resurgence into the horror genre because for a while there all we were getting is Oh, look, there's another paranormal activity. Oh, Scream 6. What? Don't get me wrong. I watched the last one. Jenna Ortega's in it, so you know. But, oh, look, another Halloween trilogy. That's garbage. I mean, that's what we were getting with the horror. Oh, look, they're coming out with another Saw starring Chris Rock. Oh, but guess what? There's another Saw coming, too. Like, it's the same old crap. So when these came out, A24 started putting out these 
quality movies and we got on this and Mia Goth just crushes it. Unbelievable. Now the sequel is called Maxine and that'll be coming out. I'm pretty sure it's 2023. It could be the end. I hope sooner rather than later. But that was a great movie. Phenomenal. We also had Elvis. Huge movie, right? It is one of the better biopics that I've seen of the year. That I've seen. Austin Butler did an amazing job. Oscar worthy, in my opinion. Tom Hanks did a good job. But here's the thing, guys. I think Tom Hanks typically does a good job most of the time. I only think he's done a great job a handful of times. The movie is good. It is one of the best biopics. I put it up there with Malcolm X as far as biopics go. Uh, Ray, another one I really liked. Even The Doors uh, with Val Kilmer, which isn't a true biopic, but it is in a sense. Those are some of the best. Um, I think it'll, you know, I don't really care about the Oscars, but I think it's going to be up in that conversation. And it was cool to see a film like that. It just was. Now, if we want to talk about music and you want to talk about something amazing that hit the screen, you got to talk about this rockumentary that you've heard me talk about a thousand, thousand times. Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie rockumentary. This is the first and official, the only first, well, it's the first, I should say it's the first official movie, documentary, whatever, put out by the Bowie estate since, she, since he passed away. Guys, I am struggling to get through this podcast. I'm sorry. Ending the year on a crappy note. Um... I know I'm a Bowie fan. <laughs> I think that's obvious, right? I know that I am probably a bigger fan than most people out there, even if you like him. But if you are a fan of music, if you're any sort of fan of Bowie, or you're just interested, Moon Age Daydream, to me, is the best rock film to come out in the last 15 years. Not only does it dive into the mind of David Bowie from his music, from how he viewed the world, from how he viewed himself. But it dives into the artistic side. Again, the writing, the production, the performance, and literal art, his paintings and drawings and writings. And it shows it in a way that we've never seen before. The colors, the music, the, the interviews, the just the commentary. This is not just a, here's David Bowie, let's throw, let's slap together some, you know, footage and call it a day. This is, if you could take David Bowie and press him into a 4K Blu-ray disc and package him and sell him to the world, that's what this is. That's exactly what this is. And it is unreal. Again, I know I'm a Bowie fan. Uh, fan. God, I gotta get out of here, guys. <laughs> I know. But he crushed it. When they put this together, he, they absolutely crushed it. You have to see this. It is phenomenal. And I think when you think of music, that's what you talk about. Now, Let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's go look at some, and there's others I'm missing, guys. I know, I can hear you guys groaning. Oh, Brandon didn't talk about this. Oh, he forgot this. Well, look, guys, I'm sick. So, there you go. Um, here's a letdown. Oh, you know what? I need to talk about an animated film first. Sea Beast. Hands down. One of the best animated films to come out this year and i know everybody's like oh it's just how to train your dragon with pirates so what it's like how to train your dragon with pirates meets strength uh i don't know uh, toy story not even 
I don't know. But Netflix, it's on Netflix, and I got to tell you, it absolutely took me by surprise. Which brings me to a letdown of 2022. This year, did you know that we got three Pinocchios? We got the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, which was pretty dis- pretty sad and pretty, pretty interesting, I should say. But good. We got the Disney live-action Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks. And then we got this other version of Pinocchio, which came out. Now, this version of Pinocchio was not Guillermo del Toro. I'll tell you right now. I think it's... God, I forgot who it was. But that should that should tell you. Anyway, it's garbage. So we got three... I think it was a foreign film. Uh, and it was a live boy playing both roles. It was weird. But the letdown comes from the Disney live action, which continues to let us down over and over and over and over again. Yet... They continue to make them. This Pinocchio live action was horrible on all fronts. Tom Hanks had a weird accent that didn't sound like Italian and certainly didn't sound like anything I've ever heard. He was boring and gave me zero feeling towards Geppetto. The Pinocchio actual puppet boy was more creepy than he was likable. The songs were definitely garbage. And they completely changed the final act with the whale and everything that portrayed to that. It was a huge letdown. And Disney Plus needs to think 17 times before they come out with a live action again. And I know they won't because whatever. Now, I do understand coming out with these movies for the next generation. Luke kind of liked it, but also told me that he'd rather watch the old one. He's five. So there you go. This was just bad. And look, I'm going to say it right now. I think The Little Mermaid's going to be bad too. And I don't care what color the mermaid is. Why? Because mermaids aren't real. I don't care. I could care less. I just think it's going to be bad based off history. And also the trailer looks bad. I said it and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, another huge letdown, in my opinion. And it's a definitely a right opinion. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you this. It's a huge letdown because honestly, and part of it has to do with what we know is going to happen to the show. And I'm speaking of The Witcher. I'm a big Witcher fan. I do not know all the lore. I haven't played all the games or read the books, but I am a fan. And I love Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill's awesome. He's had a rough year, but he'll be okay. The Witcher was great, both seasons. Season two took a little bit, a while, but it was solid. The announcement that Henry Cavill was leaving The Witcher sucks, and that he was going to be replaced by Liam Hensworth sucks. No offense to Liam. I think Liam's awesome. But you can't just swap that character out like, oh, hey, he's the same guy, even though he looks nothing the same. It's it, just awful. So basically the next season of The Witcher, season three, that's it for Henry Cavill. That's not the letdown. The letdown was the prequel that was coming out, The Witcher, Blood Origin, which took place thousands and thousands years prior to anything, any moments, any actions, any characters that have been happening during The Witcher season one and two. Very exciting, had a great, Great people behind it. Great cast. The teaser looked really good. The idea that we were going to get these stories that were going to tie into The Witcher. Very cool. I thought maybe. No. It is lazy lazy writing. Lazy dialogue. It is a pretty fantasy film that quite frankly seems like it's written by nobody that has ever read or even heard of The Witcher. It is forced, they force 
the story on us that nobody cares about. They force these characters into our lives that nobody cares about. And they force F-bombs every two seconds. Now, I don't care about swearing. But I don't understand why I feel like they were just dropping the F-bomb in there just because they could. It makes sense. The whole the whole thing does not make any sense. It's it's rushed, it's short, and also at times slow and goes nowhere. So to me, that sealed the coffin on The Witcher. And I don't even think that Liam Hensworth is going to get an opportunity to be The Witcher. Because I don't think they're going to make it. Another letdown was big one from Paramount Plus, a series that everybody wanted to be awesome. We were waiting for it. It looked amazing. First episode was phenomenal. Second was okay. And it was all downhill from there with very few moments in between. And that's Halo. What in the pile of crap did they serve to us with Halo? I bailed on the show, guys. I bailed on it. I think there's only 10 episodes. Episode 7 or 6, I was like, bro, I'm out. When Master Chief decided that he didn't need to wear his helmet anymore ever, and he decided to get in touch with his feelings and show me his ass every episode, literally, I didn't care anymore. I'm okay with them taking liberties and not focusing completely on the lore and the games. I understand it. It happens. But they straight up said, nah, we're going to make a science fiction show and just call it Halo. And yet, season two is coming out. Why? Because Paramount Plus had committed to season two before season one even started, and they refuse to sit there and admit that they failed. So two things are going to happen. They're going to stick to their guns and continue their, their lame science fiction family therapy session known as Halo, or they're going to completely do a 180. Either way, I think they've lost enough fans that season two will be the end of it. And it should because it's garbage. It is utter garbage. Don't watch it. I'm telling you right now, guys, don't watch it. Another letdown for me, and I didn't have, I didn't have much excitement about this, was Jurassic Park. Yep, Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. <sighs> Nick Luck's going to totally disagree with me, and that's fine. The series should have ended after the first one, quite frankly. Should have ended after the first trilogy. This movie had nothing to do with dinosaurs. Had nothing to do with the world living with dinosaurs. It became so far-fetched and predictable. And the moments where, oh my God, there's a giant dinosaur trying to kill me and I'm hiding underwater and just became cliche. Instead, the movie was about big giant corporations trying to control our food, trying to control our lives, had some message. And we got giant locusts. I mean, let's be real. This movie was a ginormous letdown. And quite frankly, I hope it ends the series. I never want to see. It made me not like Jurassic Park. It really did. It made me go back and watch the first one and go, how did we get this far? If I have to, and I don't care if you brought back the legacy characters. They were the best part. But if I have to watch Chris Pratt stick his hand out one more time in that movie and try to connect and imprint with every single dinosaur under the sun, including the ones that he didn't train, because let's not forget, he only trained the raptors. He bonded with Blue, but he's got a T-Rex in front of him and he's sticking his hand out like, nah, bro, I got you. It was just stupid. It became a walking meme. And it was like two and a half hours long. Just a letdown. But Hollywood thought they could get away with it. And here we go. And we continued to do it. Over and over again. Watching the same old crap. Over and over. Guys, as I wrap it up here, I want to toss out a couple movies. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to talk you know, about everything. But I want to throw a couple things your way that you should watch. One of them, 
Stars Aubrey Plaza, and that's Emily the Criminal. That is a 10 out of 10. For my horror movie fans out there, guys, there is a lot. Men was another one. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's another great one. On the funnier side, the funnier, funnier animated side, I have to say Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was amazing and blew me out of the water. It was better than anything I had expected, and I absolutely loved it. It is, it is just downright funny. Flat out funny. Just really good. Big letdown, blonde. It's like watching a three-hour snuff film that made zero sense and was based off a fictitious book, but people thought that it was fact. Another real great movie that snuck in was All Quiet on the Western Front, followed by a, I don't even want to say this is a letdown. I just think people expected more, or maybe I did, The Beast with Idris Elba. Just a garbage movie. He was great, but it was just garbage. Spiderhead, garbage. Going in on the, to my opinion, the best, which topped Sea Beast of animated films and the best thing that DC has, has ever done in the last God knows how many years, The League of Super Pets. That is such a good superhero movie. It has a story arc, it has character development, it has humor, it has action, it has a post-credit scene that's awesome. Of course, it's not going to go anywhere, which tends to be the trend these days with DC, but phenomenal. Phenomenal. Flip side of that, if you got kids, don't watch Paws of Fury. That movie is garbage. Guys, what do you think? What do you think of... 2022 we have a lot i could have done a seven part series on this but what do you think of the movies the cartoons the cinema the documentaries what were some of your highlights and lowlights i want to hear from you i want you to drop your comments email me tag me text me dm me whatever you got to do I also want to say thank you so much for listening to the Life of an Average Show podcast. The amount of episodes and hours and minutes I have done this year, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've had some episodes when I've gotten done with them, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like that one. And some of you guys have said, man, that was your best episode. And others said, yeah, I could tell. Some of you that know me on a personal level could say, yeah, I could tell. Yeah, I could tell you weren't feeling it. But I have had a great time, and I look forward to to next year. I've got some great interviews coming up. I'm very excited to welcome to the show for the first time a young, talented, amazing artist that I had the privilege of working with multiple times, Sophia Anello. I can't wait to get you on the show and talk to you again. It's been too long. We have so much going on. We got to play catch up. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I've got a great episode interview with Nick Luck where him and I are both discussing our books as we are both going on the book tour to promote and sell and discuss and just really dive into the art of writing. He'll be on the show. I'm going to, of course, have my guys, my boys from Michigan, from the Notes and Goats podcast, Steve and Brandon back on. Very excited. I've got other special guests that I want to save. We're doing a couple lives from the new Tupps Brewery in McKinney. Can't wait to get out there. Some really fun things happening. As always, guys, I want to thank my sponsors, though, too. First and foremost, oh my gosh, I would not be here. Lucky 13's Tattoo Aftercare. You guys are crushing it. Groggy Dog wearing the merch. Check out the beanies. Drop in January. You can go to lifeofanaveragejoepodcast.com. Canva. Man, what an easy-to-use photo editor. I mean, I just you could use it on your phone. Just it's unbelievable. Graphic designs, really cool editing. I mean, just not just from the simplicity of editing pictures, but there's some graphic design stuff that you can do on there right at your fingertips without getting uh, spending thousands of dollars on software. You can really create some cool images. Guys, go to the website, check them out, click that link, get a very special discount. But those guys have been amazing. I got to thank everybody I've worked with over the years. The year, 
Those two doofuses in the back, you know who you are. I'm not going to throw any names out. But you know who you are. Slinging beer, giving me a hard time, eating Chinese food all day. You guys are amazing. I appreciate you guys. But it's been awesome, and I thank all of you guys, and I can't wait. I'll be back next week. New year, new show, new season. Thanks for listening to the Life of an Average Show podcast. For 2022, Nevera out.